0: Welcome to Having a Beer with Al and Bill. My name is Al. My name is Bill. Um,
1: so. <laughs> about that. <laughs> so instead of doing a crack open this time, we're going to just talk about a lovely company. Madison Brewery. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. They are based out of Bennington, Vermont. And we had a beer recently that blew my mind. It was a peanut butter milk porter that drove me up the wall because it was a sweet beer, but not too sweet. So I had a hint of sweetness, but then the bitterness of a porter. And it was the best of all worlds.
0: That's fair. I had the same peanut butter porter and it was good. It was really good. It tasted actually like peanut butter.
1: Yeah, it... you. It wasn't gross. I tell people about it and they look. They give me that look like it's gross. I do love peanut butter, but if it was overly sweet, I would be disgusted. I can't stand beers like a blueberry beer or any of the fruity beers because they're a little too sweet for me. So something like a peanut butter beer with a nice bitter porter definitely complement each other. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Madison Brewing Company because they do a fantastic job with their beers. They're very, very, very tasty. So you want to talk about the... Incredible invention and go into a little more about the sous vide.
0: Yeah, so we were just discussing. I'm currently making dinner and it is sous vide chicken. By Nova. Anova, I do have an Anova sous vide. There are others. I know. I almost got a jewel when I first did it.
1: I'm glad you got the Anova and talked me into it because that (laughs) thing is a lifesaver. I pretty much can't function without Al.
0: Me either. (laughs) For those that don't know what sous vide is. It means in vacuum in French. And pretty much what you do is you heat a water bath to a very specific temperature. It's really good for cooking something like steak. So let's say you want a really nice, rare, medium rare steak at 130 degrees. So you set your water bath to 130 degrees. You put your steak in a bag and you get all the air out of it. And then you drop the bag in the water and cook it for like an hour at 130. And then the whole steak is completely cooked through at 130 degrees.
1: I love it too because I'll just crack open some garlic and throw it in there and you just get the... Flavor of garlic throughout your steak and it holds it and it's still moist steak. You can give it a hard sear when you're done, but it's amazing.
0: Yeah. So the interesting thing about sous vide is you still need to do something with your meat when you're done. Yes. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. Oh, no.
1: I think I heard about this.
0: Probably have, but you didn't know I was going to say it. So we did something. We bought something because I bought these really nice New York Strip dry aged steaks and they were amazing. Yeah. But when I got the cast iron out with some olive oil in there, and some butter. I made a huge mess of the kitchen. Yeah. Like, just, and it didn't even come out all that great. And it took like 10 minutes to sear the steaks because I had four of them. So it was a couple minutes per steak.
1: Oh, okay. Anyway, I bought a sear's What is a sear's Ooh, you don't know. No, what this I is. don't know what this is. Really
0: though, a Searsol hooks onto a propane torch, just a normal propane torch that we'd use for whatever. And it has mesh grates in it that are heat resistant. And what those mesh grates do is trying to distribute all of the un- combusted gases to fully combust them and then spreads out the heat evenly so it gets to about 600 degrees and what you do is you put it about an inch from your steak and you slowly go back and forth on each side to sear your steak for like a minute on each side so it takes two minutes to sear a steak no mess no cast iron no dishes boom thanks for listening that's cheating yeah it is but it was a disaster every time i made a steak
1: i agree so I know there's going to be the hardcore out there who get mad at hearing this, that we're basically doing a very weird way of making a steak, but I'm telling you, these steaks taste amazing. Mainly because you can actually basically have your rare steak and not worry about crapping your brains out. Yeah. It's so good.
0: It's so good. And then you can do some salt and pepper afterward and then do your sear. And with the sear's all, it's really easy. Now it was a little expensive. It was like $75. That's random. Randomly expensive. Yes. It's made out of good material because it has to withstand high heat. All right, fair enough. But it's been around for a few years. I've known about it for a while, but I've just not pulled the trigger until the incident.
1: I don't do it as bad as my wife. My wife, when she makes steak, I love her. Her steaks are the greatest. I love the sear she gets. She gets a hard sear with a nice crust on a steak. But holy cow, the entire kitchen, I swear even the cat, it's covered in grease. Like, it's bad. Yeah, smoke detectors went off when I made these steaks. Yeah, that's what happens to me too. The smoke detectors will go off and I, this is before Uh, I have a vent hood now and it's still a whole mess if you want to make a good hard sear on a steak because I do like that little crunch Yeah, on a steak.
0: Yep. I mean, we have a vent hood and it's got a pretty good fan. Our house is well sealed, so we had to open a window and even with the window open, there was still smoke everywhere. Yeah, it was I'm never doing that again. On the grill, it's fine because you can throw it on a hot grill yeah, for a yeah. couple minutes. But in the winter, I don't want to go fire up the grill for a two minute whatever. Agreed. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna try the sears all with an okay steak, not like a dry aged, you
1: know, New York strip. Yeah. And see how it works. I watched some YouTube videos, so I think it's gonna be good. You let me know about that because it sounds it yeah. sounds good, but it sounds you know it sounds a little weird. I do like I use the cast iron with a hard sear, and I'll sit there and baste my steak in butter. Yeah. So I've gotten used to my whole technique at this point because that sous vide has become my only way of cooking chicken, pork, and steak. It's just, it it comes out too good. It's so good.
0: And for somebody that I could never cook a steak on a grill and have it come out not burnt, it's been great. I feel comfortable and confident buying a $20 steak. Yeah. That's a pound. I mean, it's like $20 a pound and knowing I'm going to cook it okay. Yeah. So sous vide for the win. If you don't have one, try it at your friend's house. You can even cook eggs in it, in the shell. Have you done that yet?
1: No, I haven't cooked eggs yet. I know you can even do uh, scallops. Uh, we've done fish, not scallops. So sous vide is the best is the moral of that story. If you don't have one, do your research on it just because that actually is one of the better products I've picked up recently.
0: Okay, so I have one more thing to tell you that we got for the sous vide with the ceresol. Ooh. Yeah. We bought a lid for the Rubbermaid container that we have. So we have, it's either a 15 or a 22 gallon Rubbermaid container that we keep the water in. Yeah. There's a lid specifically made for the Innova with a cutout for it. I got that. And it, But it's a flip lid. I have that. You have that? I have that. Is it so awesome? I thought you had that. So I bought the regular Rubbermaid lid and I cut out a hole for the Innova. Oh no. And it's been okay. Yeah. But my wife found it and she's like, look, this one actually bends up so you can put stuff in and fits the Innova perfectly. And I was like, yes, buy that. It's $10.
1: You know what I do with that that's kind of hilarious is I'll... Do it one of two ways. One of the ways is I can use a chip clip, you know, something simple to kind of hold the stuff in. Yeah. Or because it seals so well, you can actually just shut it on the bag itself. So then you have a complete seal and then you'll get a great cook and you're not losing all the heat from having to open up.
0: Yeah, I've done that. I usually do it for longer cooks so the water doesn't evaporate. Yep. For short cooks like the chicken I'm making right now, I just leave it open. The steaks yep. usually take an hour. Leave it open. Yep. So that's all I bought for my sous vide at this point. Again, sous vide.
1: Great. Great. Great investment. Yeah. Spelled S-O-U-S space V-I-D-E. The company A-N-O-V-E. All right. What else did you want to talk about? Well, you want to talk about sweeteners.
0: Yes. I wanted to talk about how it's so hard to find beverages that don't have sugar or sugar substitutes in them. I found one. Again, not a plug, but there's this flavored water called Hint and it's water infused with something. And this one I'm drinking is raspberry. I've had pineapple, apple. I mean, they have a lot of different flavors. Really expensive, but there's nothing in it other than, let me read you the ingredients, purified water, this one's raspberry, and other natural flavors from non-GMO plants. That's it. There's no artificial sweeteners, aspartame, whatever you want to call
1: it. And it actually tastes good. Like, it doesn't taste like just water with a hint of eh.
0: Yeah, it actually tastes like water that's been sitting in that fruit if you've ever had water infused with fruit they're expensive though i think we're paying like a dollar something a bottle that's the only thing that's killing me but this is like the only one i found so most everybody else i know drinks carbonated beverages so i'm not really a carbonated beverages guy yeah so i don't do seltzer yeah but it's like seltzer without the fizz
1: yeah i know my father he makes his own seltzer he got one of those carbonated machines and he'll make his own he'll you know flavor it up with whatever and Again, I'm the same way. I can't get into seltzer. I don't know what it is. Weird. It doesn't taste right to me. It has like a bitter taste to it with the carbonation. So I can't get into it. Yep. Agreed. I just don't like carbonation. I'll drink
0: a beer, obviously, having a beer with Alan Bell. But if I'm going to just refresh myself with something like water, I don't want to have carbonation in it.
1: You know I'm weird though? Because Europe, they have nothing. Like to get anything other than carbonated water is weird. So if you go to a restaurant and you say, I want water, they're gonna give you a bottle of carbonated water. Unless they know you're American, then they'll be like, Oh, do you want water from a the toilet? <laughs> they also don't do ice. Yeah. That it's weird concept to them. And it's it's fair. It's fair. So I've been, you know, I've been to Europe a couple of times and I've gotten used to the carbonated water. So it's fine. It's definitely a acquired feeling, I guess, because it doesn't really have that much taste. It's just, you know, you get a little spark of happiness. CO2. Yeah. <laughs> a little spark of happiness. A little spark of CO2 when you have your water. Have I
0: told you about the first time I went to Paris? No. it's probably 10 years ago. So I, I went there. We went to this restaurant. Never been there. It's on like this corner of this French bistro street, whatever. And I'm like, I, I like non-carbonate beverages. So I'm like, I'll have a lemonade, please. Because he's going through the menu of like what he has. Yeah. And I very vividly remember this. He comes back with an eight ounce glass of Sprite. I don't like soda. So I'm like, I don't want to drink this. And it was 11 us dollars. So I paid $11 for an eight ounce glass of Sprite that I didn't want to
1: drink. (laughs) Yeah. That is a good experience right there.
0: Well, and that's partially my fault for not knowing the difference because they call that lemonade.
1: That's their thing. Yeah. Culture should have asked.
0: So anyway, it's very hard to find a beverage that doesn't have some sort of sweetener in it that actually tastes
1: good. My gripe, especially, I don't mind having sugar. Again, everything in moderation for me is fine. Yeah. If you have stuff in moderation, you can pretty much have anything you want. Everything has its own kind of threshold before it's too much. But for me, I have zero threshold for anything that has aspartame. So all those artificial sweeteners drive me insane. It t- for me, I hate the taste in general. I'd rather just have sugar and get it over with yeah. than have this artificial stuff. Because the problem with aspartame is it breaks down into some nasty components in your body that I don't want anything to do with.
0: Really? That I didn't know. Yeah. So the thing I don't like about aspartame is the aftertaste. And it's like most artificial sweeteners. If it's fake, it has an aftertaste.
1: Agreed. And it's bitter. It's a bitter, disgusting aftertaste. So it's the funniest thing that I've been to multiple fast food joints. That you walk in and it's like, oh, hey, let me get some lemonade. And it'll say lemonade. And then you get it and taste it and instantly, nope, that is diet lemonade that has straight up sweetener in it. Right.
0: And they're doing it to reduce calories because that's what people buy their stuff on. But now, even if I want a little bit of sugar, I don't want 60 grams of sugar in my 12 ounce, 16 ounce beverage. I'm looking for like 10. I want just a little bit. And there's even very few beverages with just a little bit of sugar and no artificial sweetener.
1: Yeah. One of the funny things that I found is a company that I actually like, Dasani. Hmm. But again, they're owned by Coca-Cola. So, you know, Big Brother. We go, (laughs) Big Brother Coke. (laughs) One of the things that's funny is if you look at the ingredients, salt. A lot of salt, really? There's salt in there. In Dasani? In Dasani.
0: So I've had a big kick in the last five to seven years where I wanted to start eating better. And part of that was looking at my sodium intake. Good. So everything, everything, I don't even eat frozen food anymore. Can't do it. Too nope. much sodium.
1: Yeah, way too much.
0: It's like a gram of sodium per serving, which is minute. It's like a ravioli and it's like a gram of salt. Anyway, end of rant there. The next logical step for me was to say, okay, well, let's look at how much sugar I'm intaking. And that's how I started to get on this beverage kick where, wow, I'm, I'm drinking a lot of sugar. So I stopped drinking chocolate milk. I stopped drinking most everything fun, but yeah. I'm into a big tea kick now. And I've been for the last
1: few years where I can drink unsweetened tea and it tastes good. I know for me, I never got into actually, I'll drink a lot of my tea without any sweetener or anything, especially like normal um, loose leaf tea or uh, tea bags. Yep. So I don't need sweetener with that. And the funny thing when it comes to the different beverages is I used to drink soda and then at one point i decided i I said oh yeah no i can't have that it's too much sugar i'll just drink a lemonade (laughs) which has more sugar right either just as much or more yeah so it really i'm trying to cut that out too because that wasn't fixing anything at all and then you go and have orange juice something that you think oh i need my vitamin c let me have some orange juice loaded with sugar again
0: don't even drink it anymore but
1: if you have the diet then it's ew. no if you have like or sorry
0: diet orange juice <laughs> for your drinking pleasure
1: but if you have the sugar free orange juice is again the artificial sweetener, and you get that bitter aftertaste same yeah. with any other beverage like a cranberry juice or anything like that to actually avoid the over sugar beverages you're limited with yeah. f- especially to find anything with flavor you're limited so you're stuck with water or if you want to get some calcium have some milk yeah again sugar
0: it does have sugar even the fat-free stuff but honestly we were doing fat-free for a while or skim milk sorry whatever the lowest grade of milk not that it's a low grade but the best milk for you anyway I switched back to whole milk because I'm like I don't drink that much milk and I feel like whole milk is more substantial tastes better but even my cereal I look at the serving size for my cereal it's usually a cup and my rule is I can't buy a cereal if it doesn't have less than 10 grams of sugar in it yeah so I can buy like Five cereals. Yep. Some of them are good, though. We're talking like Captain Crunch peanut butter.
1: Interesting. Really?
0: Regular Captain Crunch? No. Captain Crunch peanut butter, though, I can buy. What else? Chex. Honey Nut Chex. Okay, those are good. Chocolate Chex, which is actually really good. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's odd, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I don't buy it often. Reese's Puffs.
1: Ooh, I like those.
0: Anyway, I'm very limited in what I'll do now. It's part of adulting. Adulting's hard, kids. Don't try it at home.
1: So one random thing I want to talk to you about. I can't remember if we did before. What do you think about shares in livestock?
0: Shares in livestock? Okay, explain
1: yeah. that to me. I don't know what that is. So basically, you go to a certain company and they'll have a cow or a pig or whatever. And you basically put in a certain amount of money and you'll get a certain number of cuts and poundage and different cuts of the meat. Do you feel like that's a better way, even though it's a little more expensive than going to your local supermarket and just picking up whatever meat is there?
0: Yes, I actually want to buy in on a cow. Now that you've said that, I know what you're talking about. I have not
1: been able to buy in on a cow yet, but I want to. Agreed. I know my brother and I have been talking about it. We're talking about getting basically group together because of the price and because of the quantity because you buy so much of it that you really should just split it with people. That way you can get, you know, split up your cuts. Maybe some person gets one, some gets another, but for the most part you can get most of what you want. Yeah. And then be able to have these prime cuts and be able to cook some locally br- or yeah, locally bred cows. Eth- ethically Eth- treated. Yeah, ethically treated cows. Cause I agree. I've I've seen food ink. Like most people, I've seen food ink. And it is rough. I am a hypocrite in a sense. I do still eat chicken because I love chicken. Yeah. But obviously the alternative I would love to do as well.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: I know my wife's mom right now. She has her own chickens. Really? And one of the greatest things is being able to get fresh chicken eggs from her. The funny thing about those, I don't know if you know, if you get fresh chicken eggs, don't wash them. Why? You wash away the bacteria on the outside that works with the egg to prevent even worse bacteria from coming in interesting so you leave it as it is yep it's already stable and it'll stay stable the reason that you don't worry about that with your normal eggs at the supermarket is they are um treated yeah whereas you get a natural egg they're going to have their natural immunity to the world so if you wash it away then you have issues you're either washing it into the egg or you're washing it away and now they're more susceptible to getting diseases you know getting run
0: yeah interesting
1: i really want
0: to go in on like a half cow my understanding and i could be completely wrong not googling this because i don't care enough i think it's like 500 pounds for a cow like if you get a cow and turn that into meat I think that's it's like, a lot. I think it's hundreds upon hundreds of pounds. And if you split that, that's like a couple hundred pounds yeah. for somebody.
1: I Maybe mean, you can split it even smaller. Like there's certain companies. I know there's a place by me, they actually, you can buy portions of an animal hmm. and then they will give you those portions. If you do the math, it is more expensive. Surprisingly, not that much more. I would think it's,
0: I think we did the math on the one we were looking at. It was probably around five to $7 a pound total. So you're paying that for the same as ground beef as you would for a really nice steak. Yeah. So kind of equaled out. Yeah, So it's not that bad.
1: No, no, it's not. Especially because you get all your different cuts. So you're yeah. not stuck with just one cut. And then I know the company by me, they actually store it. So I don't have to throw all of that in my freezer. They will store it and I can go there and grab it.
0: What? I didn't know people store See, I was like, oh, I have a chest freezer. I could use my chest freezer and store a couple hundred pounds of meat for a year and it would be fine. <laughs> That's why I was going through all the logistics in my head about yeah. how that would work. But it would be great to just throw on a really nice steak that i've already put in a sous vide bag ah yes Ah, yeah yeah so this nice steak that i throw in a sous vide bag ahead of time and then just take it out of the freezer
1: and you can throw it in the water bath yeah agreed simple and then i know with me i go to a supermarket and i do end up freezing like i'll buy in bulk and then i'll freeze half of it so but you can't put that in a sous vide bag afterwards it's already slimy and gross (laughs) from being in the storage it already was. But if you got something that's more natural that came fresh from a farm and then be able to throw that in a bag, it's good. So yeah. you really could throw your ingredients you want it that you normally have. Be like, okay, I have my garlic steak or I have my steak with thyme. Yep. And sit there and pull that out and then throw it in a sous vide and then crack that open and sear it. That is just ease beyond all belief.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you, it would be a weekend of hell to be able to do that. But after you were done... It would yeah. be so easy for the rest of the year or six months or however long it takes you to eat hundreds of pounds of meat, you pig. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I would love to do that. And I would get all my recipes together and say, this steak's going to be a nice garlic rosemary steak. And yep. this one's going to be a thyme and butter. You know, Yeah, I'll do it. I love steak.
1: Fair, enough, fair
0: I, enough. I can't be a vegetarian. We should talk about this sometime about the ethical dilemma with meat, yep. but how I still can't do it. But if I can vote with my wallet, I will.
1: All right, we'll talk about ethics of meat eating on a later date. So with that, my name is Bill. My name's Al. Thanks for listening.